Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Pop Culture and Fandom News. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe. And this week, Tiff and Carla are back. So I've got two of my sexy ladies joining me again to kick off Topic Month with a look at something very light and fluffy, internalized misogyny. So, but, but, but before we get into that very, very, very light and fluffy topic on Friday, we're going to kick things off this week with, of course, a look at some pop culture and fandom news. Which this could be heavy too. I don't know. I don't know what my panelists are into. They could be into <laughs> Bloodfest twenty five. All of all of the shutter oeuvre. <laughs> <laughs> this week it's all cry porn. Cry porn? Just stuff that makes you cry. <laughs> oh, hey, <laughs> there might be something actually like that out there. Okay, don't knock it. That's true. I'm gonna. I, I'm really afraid to Google that. So. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody else out there, Google that for us, uh, <laughs> and don't send us the results. <laughs> yes, don't don't send us the results. So Carla, other than cry porn, what are you into? <laughs> well, this week I'm into oldies music, and no Gen Z. I'm not talking about the 80s and 90s. <laughs> I am talking about what is 80s music to me which is 50s, 60s, and early 70s. And so when I first moved here from Mexico, the, the first station that I glommed onto was a station called Magic 102.7, which no longer exists as it was. It is now like, oh, just the, the latest hits and some stuff from, from the 80s sometimes. Not nearly as good. But it had, back back in those days, it had music from like the 40s and 50s and it had like a lot of doo-wop at night, and that was just so much fun. So a lot, a lot of the music that I listened to at that point was just that music. And it, you know, it was also pretty cool because a lot of it was music that my parents grew up with. So they were fine with me listening to it as opposed to Power 96 and all of the booty butt songs and <laughs> the booty butt songs. And DJ Laz and all the, the classic Miami DJs. But the reason that I, that I got into it so much this week is because you know how sometimes people are talking and they say something and it reminds you of a lyric. And so you have to start singing the song. And sometimes mm-hmm. the person that you're talking to is 10 and 
they don't have quite the same tolerance or maybe breadth of knowledge of oldies. And so you sing something and they, they ask you, mommy, was that an actual song or did you make it up? And you're like, oh, no, this is a song. <laughs> Thankfully, my child is educated enough in oldies music that he recognized the one that I was singing. And it was Time of the Season by the Zombies, which I think is one of the best songs from that era. I love that song so much. Yeah, it's the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, most of the people will recognize it from the do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah. And the, the, what's your name? Who's your daddy? Which is just, just like, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Who's your daddy? And you know, like, okay, I'm not listening to booty butt music, but I'm listening to that. So, okay, mom and dad, I guess we're fine with this. <laughs> but then I got into my head to ask my sister her favorite oldie song, because of course she was with me at the time. She was, she was what, six or seven. And one of her favorites is Bus Stop by the Hollies. And it's a song that, I mean, when I tell you, she and I used to sing at the top of our lungs every single song. And that was one of the, the big ones that we used to sing all the time. That one and Happy Together by the Turtles, you know, just great songs like that. So it's, it's been nice diving back into, into that music and thinking about how much music has changed. And how much I appreciate having had the access to so many great songs from such long ago times and being able to share them with my kid and him knowing so many of these old songs. I mean, like uh, when he was first born, I made him a, a bathtime playlist that consisted a lot of, of a lot of oldies. And so, you know, like there are some songs that that even now either he's completely sick of or that he completely loves. <laughs> Like, what is it? Melanie's brand new skates? Brand new key. Sorry. Brand new key. The, yeah. Oh, yes. I've got a brand new <laughs> pair of roller skates. Did it? Love that song. I started hating it because he loved it so much and he wanted it on repeat. And then he started hating it. So we haven't listened to it in like, you know, I don't know how many years, but I listened to it again. And I was like, Oh, now that I'm not being traumatized with it on a daily basis, I love it again. Oh my gosh, the memories that just flooded in. Because I used to listen to here, it was Cool 105. And now they play like 80s and 90s music. (laughs) And I'm like, no, you were playing like 50s, 60s, and some early 70s, but mainly 50s and 60s when I was a kid and a teenager. And I used to listen to it all the time because I think we've talked about this before. Our generation seemed to really be into the 60s. Yeah, especially. I know sometime, we might even do it this year. I don't know. We'll cover the doors for sure because that was like, oh my God, I was obsessed with the doors. <laughs> so they magic played Light My Fire so many times. Oh, like, oh yeah. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Yeah, that was that was one that was played a lot. But I wanted to know because Happy Together, I have like five versions of that in my Spotify playlist. And there's <laughs> one, I don't know if you've heard this, it's an updated version by Filter. No. And they did it. Oh my gosh, it's dark. <laughs> so, I'm gonna have to send it to you because it's like so happy to get. And it's just like this very like it takes this song and t- I love it when old songs get turned into creepy stuff. <laughs> it's just so weird. <laughs> and it's very creepy. It's like, they're like very stalkerish. Like imagine. Oh, it is me and you and you. It's become my favorite version of the song, honestly, because it is like taking this song that's supposed to be like so like love 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 and turning it into something really bad it was done for the stepfather remake movie that they did years ago 
So it makes sense because <laughs> what that movie is, <laughs> but that it's dark. But yeah, that's that was that was a trip down memory lane. What you were just I heard all those songs in my head. So it's good yeah. stuff, man. It, it is it, good it, stuff. It was, it was groovy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, cat. Cool cats and cool groovy cats. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. I, w- I didn't actually live in the 60s, so I don't actually know the lingo. Okay. <laughs> the lingo. The lingo passes by the music. <laughs> exactly. Yes, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so, Tiff, what are you into? Well, you know what? It was funny when you're talking about, you know, your station, like your oldie station, Aaron, how they used to play like the 50s, 60s, 70s. And here it was KRF 101. And it was K101. And <laughs> it was playing the best of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And so this is when I was a kid. And now it's like playing the best of the 80s and 90s. And I'm like, what? Incorrect. The actual fudge <laughs> is happening here. I know. Like, are you being serious? Are you seriously being serious? <laughs> Because this doesn't make any sense because, as I said, 1970 was only 30 years ago. I know, right? Yeah, it was only 30 (laughs) years ago. Anywho, what am I into right now? I am into, okay, so, you know, occasionally Netflix sends up an actual interesting notification for me when it says what's new and hot, you know, the upcomings page and all that kind of stuff. So I happened to glance at it because it did buzz my phone. They have on March 22nd, the movie Shirley coming out, starring Regina the King as Shirley Chisholm. And for those of your listeners who don't know who Shirley Chisholm was, she was the first Black woman elected to Congress as a representative out of uh, Brooklyn, New York. And she ran for president as a Democrat, no duh, in 1972. Trailblazer, fantastic role model, champion of the underdog, champion of the marginalized, you know, champion of definitely Black women, for sure. So I am looking forward to watching that because, hello, it's Regina the King, and we all know how Regina the King, how good she is. So (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking at it right now. So March 22nd, it's about two hours. One hour, 57 minutes. So we'll see. That's what I'm looking forward to, though. By today's standards, that length of movie is a movie lit. So I think everybody has time to watch it. <laughs> compared compared to Oppenheimer, <laughs> yeah. it is a trailer. Apparently. Or Killers of the Flower Man. <laughs> it's an Oppen. And if you watch it twice, then you get the Heimer. So you can just... Ah, okay. You know. <laughs> I'm like, I thought of something totally different when you said the Heimer. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't know. Oh, you know what? The, the three leads were on Kimmel last night. So Killian Murphy... Emily Blunt and Robert Downey Jr. They were, I, I mean, I was literally just folding clothes and it came on in the background because it was a car chase. So I was watching the car chase. We love our car chases <laughs> out here. So <laughs> and if anybody was wondering, it was a Corvette and it was doing 136 on the freeway. So it was, it was very interesting. But anywho, yeah, so the, those three were on. So I was kind of just listening and not really listening, though, but they all looked good. <laughs> <laughs> they all looked they all looked fancy. <laughs> gowns. Beautiful gowns. 
Be- gowns, beautiful yeah, gowns. And- I mean, they're all very talented, you know, but the movie, according to Aaron's mom, is <laughs> 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 a bunch of whispers. <laughs> it's a bunch of whispers and it's too long. <laughs> so... I'm going to take <laughs> Aaron's mom's advice and I'm going to take it. <laughs> that's, that's how we're just going to have to rate movies from now on. According to my mom. <laughs> According to your mother. Yes. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. I'll, I'll be watching it because I'm going to try. I'm going to try and watch everything before our Oscars episode. So that we're recording next weekend. So got to get those in. So mine is like, Compared to what everybody else has said, mine is like this, like, mine is like the trying to come up with some kind of way to describe this compared to what everybody else is mentioning. So I am really into the Peacock reality series, Couples with Rebels. (laughs) A perfectly valid thing to be into. Thank you. I Wait a minute. Didn't our missing sexy tell us to watch that? Yes. Well, thanks, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> so, so bringing it, bringing Meg in to this, but I, I, I know this is bad for my health, kind of thing. But I love it. I don't know. I think it's better than like Love Is Blind, which I also actually watch because I usually don't like the reality dating shows too much, except for Rock of Love. <laughs> <laughs> I always love Rock of Love. But I don't know. I mean, this is, if you don't know the plot of it, it is couples who haven't been in a polyamorous relationship before, but they want to try one out. And then there are singles. They're all at this resort. And so these couples are trying to find a person that can make their thruple, can fit into their thruple. And then they can sometimes swap partners. Some partners might not want to be in their thruple anymore. That kind of thing. There's drama, 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 of course. But I just, I find it very entertaining. I don't know. And I think what also, what I'm also loving about it is the fact that so many people are pissed off about this show on certain, in certain corners of the world (laughs) because of the fact they're like, this is why the society is going to hell because we're having a show like this. Like, this is why? I'm like, these are all consenting adults. This is what they want to do with their life. Who are we to judge? They're all adults. It's not, you know, it's not like some weird thing. It's not something I'm into, but I'm not going to knock it. So it's if it works for them, it works for them, you know. And it's just been interesting thing to watch. And it's, you know, it's not over yet. They release new episodes. I believe it's every Thursday. And so I'm caught up. But it's been something I've watched a lot while, you know, while working because it's something that I can kind of listen to and I don't have to be watching it necessarily. So. That's what I'm into right now. And I still think I still think Peacock has some of the best content out there. I'm not saying this is the best content in the world, <laughs> but Peacock te- Peacock I think is kind of a slept on streaming service to some extent. So, yeah. I mean, I also watch it every day because I still watch Days of Our Lives everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so Carla, what is one thing in pop culture or fandom that is, gosh, I was trying to think of like a 50s, 60s song and now I can, that's lighting your fire. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Or doing the opposite. I can't can't think of another one. Or putting out your freshly lit fire. Yes. (laughs) Wait, that's dousing your flame. Yes. There you go. (laughs) Something that's bringing me down, man. Something that is ungroovy. I can't wait until, like, you know, the elderly slang is, yeah, it's lit, dog. (laughs) (laughs) No cap, man. (laughs) This is not bussing, yo. (laughs) But the thing that is currently bussing and lit in my life is that in the, the the fandom thing awards what was voted for best for best episode was the racism in sci-fi and fantasy episode that tiff and i were were panelists on because for me it was so unexpected i was really so pleasantly surprised at how much it apparently connected with people and how much they enjoyed it and I guess regarded it pretty highly because not because I, I I don't think that people enjoy big topics like this on the contrary, but I guess I'm just so used to things dealing with, with experiences of marginalized communities being kind of like given a pat on the head and then moved on that for something like this to be crowned in that way was huge and i was i I was just like wow and in the best way possible again i i I can't overstate how happy i am that that it won but again i didn't see it coming and i don't know like it 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 makes me feel warm and fuzzy about humanity (laughs) and it's like ridiculous but it, it it does it's like sometimes you wonder as a person of color whether the issues that impact you and may not impact other people who who you know make up a large percentage of of what i imagine to be the listening sphere because i i don't know the demographics of the people who are listening but i imagine that a lot of them are white and i imagine that a lot of white people also voted for award stuff so it's it's just i don't know it it just it it makes me it, it makes me feel good in a very selfish way. It makes me feel good. I love that. And it also won Best Topic episode, too. I yes. Add that. So it wasn't just the one. It was the two. Yeah, I won two awards. And I was like, I, I don't know. It just feels like incredibly validating. I love that. Well, yeah, I, I was very excited that it, I mean, I knew all the results like way ahead of time, <laughs> of course. But I, I was very excited to see that, too. And that's one of our most popular episodes, period, from last year. So, which is also, I think, amazing that it that was one of the most popular episodes. So, 
Yes. So congratulations again to both of you. And thank you for everyone for voting for that. Yes. Yeah. Thank you to everybody who, who, who clicked the vote button on that. That it, it means so much more than, than you can know. So Tiff, the other winner from those, from that episode. I was, I'm still in a state of shock and floating on air because of that one. Cause like Carla said, it is validating that people, I think really connected with that episode. I think it's one of the, it's, it was one of the, most interesting topics that I think we've covered. And I think we really did like the deep dive into the background of it. And just to have obviously, you know, two women of color bringing our unique takes on it really, really, I think pushed it into like the stratosphere. So Thanks, Fandom Fingers. That was awesome of you. I really appreciate it because I thought Dean was sweet was sweeping. <laughs> I thought Dean was gonna pull that one out. <laughs> so what's got my bee in a bonnet lately? So, you know, I'm flipping the old old TV because folding clothes and you know, you need some background or whatever. So there was a law and order marathon on Sundance TV which they seem to do that like at least two or three times a week for some reason. I have no idea why. But a commercial caught my eye when I heard Miss Fishers. And I was like, Miss Fishers? I immediately like turned around and I'm like, what is, what, what? Because I'm sure as a lot of your audience knows, Miss Fishers Murder Mysteries is one of the best series. And it only ran for three. It had a movie also. I th- it's supposed to have a second movie because it, the movie ended on a cliffhanger, but who knows if that's going to happen. The first one had to be crowdfunded, so <laughs> probably not because nobody has any money. <laughs> but <laughs> so, you know, so my ears perked up when I heard Miss Fisher's, and then it was like modern murder mysteries. And I said, what? Say what now? <laughs> I was like, what, what is this nonsense? What is, what is this? So it's, it's apparently it's on Acorn TV from the look of it. It looks like it's like they're in the 60s, like maybe the mid 60s, because she had a very like kind of 60s haircut and she was wearing like a, like one of those 60s style dresses. And I'm sure she probably had on go-go boots with it because that's what it looked like. I'm, I have a bee in my bonnet though, because Miss Fisher is Miss Friny Fisher. <laughs> she is born in Australia and pretty much partially raised in England. And she's in 1920s Australia in Melbourne. She's not whatever this nonsense is. This lady, no, 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 no. So that's what's got my being upon it. I don't want a reboot of my show, essentially. <laughs> I might watch it. I don't know. <laughs> I love that. That, that, that pause there and then, well, I might watch it. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. It's on Acorn. I don't have Acorn. So Wait, I don't even know Acorn. So like, what is it? It's, it's one of those, you know, it's, it caters to, it's like British and Australian oh, oh, series. Okay. Okay. That's what it is. I, and I know I did. I, it's, 
like a long time ago, I think I did a trial of it because I felt like you can do seven day trial for free. Mm-hmm. So maybe I need to bring back like my four, my five different emails addresses. <laughs> I do more just for science. It's for science, science, people. This is for this is for actually breaking down the exposition of television. <laughs> Acorn TV. Acorn TV. Well, speaking of streaming, so Amazon going along with their, now that they have ads on there, they are deciding to get rid of Freevee. Freevee was their service on there that's very similar to Tubi. And that would be their ad service. That one famously, of course, got a lot of recognition last year because of the fantastic show Jury Duty. And so those shows are going to migrate over to just Amazon Prime. But of course, this now means, of course, you have to get Amazon Prime no matter what to watch these shows. So it's just another way of the streamers being total dicks. And then also kind of along those same lines, Netflix, you know, they've introduced an ad plan. They have ad plans now. Well, they've decided that on certain plans, you can't watch certain shows or movies. So what did they start out? What did they start it out with? The movie Thanksgiving, the movie that just recently was released on there. So some people tried to watch it and they couldn't because they got a screenshot. Pull up my Twitter because I bookmarked it. They got a screenshot shot saying that their ad plan does not support that movie. Yeah. So basically, you know, like they, they've been threatening to tear off their content. And so it's unbelievable that they would start out with this movie to me. It's so weird that they would start out with this. But that they would do it with anything is really criminal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're just saying unavailable on an ad-supported plan due to licensing restrictions is what they're saying. So, <laughs> so I'm just really pissed about both of those things because it's just, it's just so gross. It's just so gross. What, what and why? What is the point of getting rid of the freebie thing? You're still getting ad revenue. I, I you want to get the extra revenue. Oh, my gosh. So I really, really now, even more so, want them to lose that class action Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is it's so horrible. Un- un- just unbelievably messed up, man. Yes. Terrible. Yes. 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 And it really makes me sad about the Thanksgiving thing because that's one of the o- that's like the only Eli Roth movie I've ever really loved. And so <laughs> and it's like, uh, and I'm one sure. One tiny room for the guy. Yeah, yeah we one. talked about that in depth, that we like him much better as an actor than we do as a director. It's like, yeah. Eli, stick to your lane, sir. <laughs> stick to your lane. <laughs> don't don't weave in and out, please. Yes. <laughs> Unless you're making a slasher like this, then you can. There you go. <laughs> there you go. You have one job, man. One job. <laughs> and that's it. Okay, so for our main topic... Speaking of streaming, we've been talking about streaming a lot lately, of course, but there was a recent article, and I'll share it in the show notes, from The Hill, that was titled, sorry, it scrolled all the way down, the top stream shows are almost all old shows, why is the title of this article, and I will give you the top 10 streamed shows are, number one is Suits, I don't know if everybody was, you know, saw that whole thing where it became a big thing, I I used to watch this show. I never finished it. 
We were actually going to cover this show a couple of years ago and not a single person signed up for it. So I pulled it, but I think we actually will probably probably cover it this year, I'm thinking, just because they're also doing a spinoff, even though why would you cast, you know, scab Stephen Amell, but whatever. <laughs> boo. Yes, yes. And that, boo, 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 boo. And that was streamed a whopping 57.7 billion minutes. In second place is Bluey. Third, NCIS. Fourth, Grey's Anatomy. Fifth, Cocomelion. I don't know what that is. Sixth. Can I, can I interject on that Cocomelon? Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> that, exactly the way it looks. I'm sorry. No, uh, no, no. Trust me. <laughs> it gets played in the house here. So, Oh, is it a kid's show? It's a kid's show. Oh, okay. A very irritating little boy. So, yeah. Oh, okay. And Bluey's yeah. a kid's show too. Right. I actually, yes. And I actually like Bluey because it's actually kind of funny. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then six is the Big Bang Theory. And seven is Gilmore Girls. Eight is Friends. Nine is Heartland. And 10 is Supernatural. So those shows had like seasons that were not short, of course. And these are older shows too. For the most part. I mean, some of them ended. I mean, they started older, but some of them ended like only a few years ago kind of thing. This thing says that Supernatural, though, I want to say, ran from 2005 to 2019. It was actually 2020. So I don't know. I I think they are also dissatisfied with the ending. And they said, you know what? It doesn't count. (laughs) This is when, yeah. So I just wanted to know, why do you think it is that these are the most popular shows that people stream, Carla? I think there are a lot of reasons, and some of those reasons kind of intersect. For one thing, and the article does point out that that these numbers come from the year with the, with the strikes. So there was a, yeah. a good gap of time when there was just no new content or the threat of no new content. But also at the same time, and I wish I could find the article where 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 it had this, that we are experiencing a delayed burnout from the pandemic and it's you know we've gone through so much over the last four years there has really not been a pause in the stress and we've gone from one awful thing to the other just back to back to back and people really want comfort and comfort a lot of the times is the show that makes you happy that's not complicated and yet that you know what's going to happen, how it's going to end, which may seem, you know, kind of not really satisfying because like, oh, but, you know, I'd like to find find new new things and see how those are coming along and how those end. But there is something just really relaxing about watching something that is low stakes because you know that everything will be fine in the end. Or even if it won't be fine in the end, you know where it's going. So you can prepare yourself for that eventuality. So for a show particularly like like Gilmore Girls, which I'm not a fan of the show, so I'm not saying this because I'm a fan of, fan of the show, but there are a lot of people who, for whom it takes them back to a simpler time when the show was airing. It aired 2000 to 2007. And th- that was, you know, pre-Trump, pre-pandemic, pre Israel's war against Gaza, like so many things are, have happened from then till now 
And I think particularly for people in our age range or thereabouts, we just, we just really want a break, man. You know, like we're living in a, in a time when you can't afford a home. You can't afford healthcare. You can't afford groceries sometimes. And it's nice to go back to a time where maybe things felt a little bit more secure. Or even if they didn't, where you're looking at people who are living fairly secure lives and it just feels comforting and aspirational in that way. With Blue and Cocomelon, I, I think that's just a product of them being shows that parents enjoy watching with their kids. Tiff being the exception, I've heard a lot of good things about Cocomelon. <laughs> I don't mean to dog it, but <laughs> I'm telling you, when, when my youngest was like two, it was all Cocomelon all the time. <laughs> in this house and I wanted to rip my hair out <laughs> strand by strand. <laughs> I, I I feel you on that because again, brand new key for me in music. So I totally understand that. But you know, those are also comforting shows because they're for kids. So you know, nothing awful is going to happen, you know? And, and I, I know some parents who, ha- who just watch Bluey on their own for the same reason. It's just a comforting thing to watch. It's nothing that's going to, you know, give you a jump scare. You know, it, it has, it has that fun side effect of your kids sound like little British toddlers. It's pretty cool, you know? So, and then even things like NCIS and suits and supernatural that are more, you know, I guess heart ramping shows because they have a lot more action. Again, you know, and Grace Anatomy also, even though some of those are, are ongoing, it's still kind of low stakes because some of them are so silly. Like Grace Anatomy has just become so silly. It's become like a parody of itself. And that's fine. Not knocking it, just, you know, it's fine because you can enjoy it without, I don't know, too much worry. And it goes back far enough that there's a huge amount of it to watch. So you don't have to worry about diving into something new that might, that might potentially be triggering. Like also think a lot, think about a lot of the shows that have come out after the pandemic, where they address the pandemic, and that can be scary for some people. So I, I, I think that 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 we can't really minimize the impact of the pandemic and how we have so many unresolved issues from it, in part because it's, it's still ongoing. I don't care what anybody says. There's still COVID out there and people are not taking precautions and the government isn't doing almost anything to protect us. You know, look at the measles outbreak. They're, they're, who's doing anything to protect us? Like the Surgeon General of Florida is like, it's okay to send your unvaccinated kids to school with a measles outbreak. I'll probably be fine. So, you know, like th- that security of feeling taken care of is long gone. And TV is a good, I guess, nurse for our, for our emotions in a way. Yeah. And Tiff, your thoughts on that? I totally agree, Carla, with, with everything that you said. I think a lot of it is probably nostalgia for a lot of folks. You don't want to watch. It's funny because a lot of this stuff still comes on regular TV. But when you have regular TV, you've got regular commercials too. So you're going to hop onto a streamer and watch it if you can without ads, especially if you want to skip episodes that's another thing you don't necessarily when they have those marathons you know i I did mention law and order when they have those marathons they just run them in order from the season so it'll be like season eight episode two next one season eight 
episode three. It literally just goes in order. They play like, you know, six episodes in a row and they're all in order, which is fine. You know, that's, that's absolutely okay. But if somebody is like, oh, well, I love this episode in season three. And then after this, I want to watch season seven, episode four. They can just pick and choose. So I think a lot of it is, is kind of that it's comforting. It's familiar that that idea that I can remember something that I liked in the past and I can pull it up and I can watch it and it can just kind of drown out that all of the background noise right now. Like Carla mentioned, you know, economic distress, the emotional toll that comes along with the illnesses and sicknesses, viral outbreaks and bacterial outbreaks that are coming around. You know, we had in California, like probably maybe I, I, time is a false construct. I can't even remember how long ago this was, but we had our own measles outbreak here because somebody who decided not to vaccinate their children, you know, with the MMR vaccine and for everybody that's measles, mumps, rubella, and you get it when you're like a baby and you get a booster when you're like two. Very easy peasy. It's been around for like 60 years. So it's, it's a proven commodity, right? <laughs> and there's no side effects known, except, oh, my arm might be a little sore. Okay, give them a Tylenol and keep it pushing. Well, people decided, okay, we're not going to vaccinate our children. And guess what? They have measles and let's take them to Disneyland. <laughs> let's take them to Disneyland. That's great. That is just so awesome. So there was that outbreak that happened there. So, yeah, I think it's just, it's this, it's just comforting to sit up there and watch stuff like that. And the thing with the thing with suits, that's funny to me because it it wasn't on so so long ago. It's one of those things in USA, of course, plays it all the time. That's where it originally aired. Mm-hmm. And and they play it a lot. And like I I watched it when it first came out and I watched it on USA. And then I stopped watching it like when when the goddess Gina Torres left. Because if I'm like, why why would I watch it for these other people? No, thank you. I was watching for Gina Torres. (laughs) So yeah, without Jessica Pearson, I was like, no. And I'm not interested in this reboot, whatever it is. Number one, you've got, you bought a scab in. Absolutely not. Not only did we not like him before the strike, we definitely don't like him the strike, post strike, no way, Jose. In this house, the only Amel that we recognize is Robbie. Yep, <laughs> that's it. Yep, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, this the suits one is the one that just gets me the most because, and the fact that that it just became so popular, like everybody was watching it, and like, like it was like it had just aired or something and it's a very much a usa like usa has its own way of doing shows they're very slick the camera work is very slick not all of them are like that i don't think of the sinner that way and and a couple of others but like white collar was like that burn notice so a lot of those where it's like very very quick camera cuts and like very slick music and very like just slick is just the best way to describe them and that's a very particular kind of show where if you're not into that, you will hate every minute of it. Like, I love White Color. I love that show. I understand why people don't like the show, but I love that show. 
We discussed that show. You can go listen to that. I made Jen watch it because Matt Bomer and she loves Matt Bomer. And I'm like, you haven't watched White Collar and you love Matt Bomer? (laughs) (laughs) What a fake fan. Exactly. But so the Suits one kind of got me. But then, you know, thinking about that, thinking about what you were saying, Carla, about the comfort of it is Suits, even though there is drama and there's stakes, it's still light. It still doesn't feel as heavy as some like prestige, quote unquote, prestige television can feel or the world can feel. So that could be part of, you know, what happened is, you know, just kind of just took off, which you would think it would have taken off because Meghan Markle, of course, was on Suits. And so you would have thought it would have taken off around that time. But for I, I, that still, I don't understand why it didn't like take off then, but whatever. But anyway, so so I I agree a lot with the comfort thing. I think another part of it and what a lot of people have said is a lot of people are just sick of having short seasons of shows and they want to have longer seasons. They don't want like they're sick of like a show having eight or 10 episodes and then the season is over and you don't get a new season for like a year or two years. So it's like you have all that time away from a show. and. Are you going to remember the characters the same way? Are you going to be as invested in the characters the same way? And and I get that because I think, you know, there's a part of me that likes shortened seasons because I feel sometimes the writing can be tighter and stuff like that. But at the same time, I also now realize that's not a good thing for the writers. It's not a good thing for the actors financially and all that kind of stuff. But I also see that with, you know, like you have like shows like, like, for instance, Stranger Things, which Stranger Things, which part of it was the strike, but also it's been years since the last season of that. And so they're going to be doing one last season, but it's been so long that it's kind of like, how do you keep that momentum? It's like a show will be popular for a, the month, for the first month that's out or even just a week. And then that kind of dies down. And people can forget about it during when award recognition, that kind of stuff. So I see that too. Plus, when you have longer seasons, you can learn more about a character. You can get more invested in characters and more invested in the story. And I'm not including the, necessarily the kids' shows because I do think that – I think kids' shows will always, in streaming land and any land, will be in the top 10 because it just is something that's you know lighter and easier and that you can have your kid watch and you can watch at the same time kind of thing. So I think that will always be in the top 10. But I – but I, I think it's, you know, it's such a combination of all of that. And I'm wondering, though, if this will have any impact on what we get in the future. And I, I don't know if it will, because it's hard to say because of the fact that all the streamers, they just care about money now. And it would cost a lot more to make a lot of these shows, I think. So, I mean, I, I don't want to watch the suit spinoff, but I'll be interested just to see if with the spinoff, if they do, which I haven't read how many episodes, if they do like a longer season or something or what, or if this does catch on somewhere down the line. I don't know. I hope it goes down in flames. <laughs> just personally. <laughs> but I mean, like if it caught on and then like if they were doing longer like seasons or something like that, maybe streaming would change a little bit of the way they do stuff with the prestige shows or you know you know that kind of thing or hbo or showtime that kind of stuff so it'll be interesting to see i just thought it was it it didn't surprise me so much but 
You know, I mean, some of those being on there like Friends, I don't think Friends would probably ever leave the top 10 as long as it's streaming. Grey's Anatomy, same thing. Gilmore Girls, too, because I'm not a fan of it either, but that is one of our most popular episodes ever. So, <laughs> so it makes sense that, you know, it would also be the most popular, one of the most popular streaming things. So, yeah. Okay, well, we're going to go ahead and close out this episode. So thank you so much to my two sexy ladies, Carla and Tiff, for joining me on this one. So we're going to go around and have everybody say where they can be found. And then Carla can also say where her podcast that she hosts with our other sexy lady, Meg, Bed, Wet, or Behead, can be found. Thank you, Erin. You can find Bed, Wet, or Behead wherever you get the finest, most beautiful, most dulcet-toned podcasts (laughs) that you could ever hear. And you can also follow our social media, if you dare, on TikTok and Twitter at BedWetBeheadPod, on Instagram at bed.wet.behead.pod. You can also find me and my art and my musings, primarily my stories on Instagram, but I don't know, those are not really for the faint of heart. So maybe you don't want to follow me there, but you can go look at my TikTok, at my one beautiful TikTok, and enjoy that over and over and over again give it lots of views for no good reason at Carla Temis or my website carlatemis.com that's C-A-R-L-A-T-E-M-I-S dot com awesome thank you and Tiff where can they find you? you can find me in my lovely library bar that also has albums as well JK JK uh, yeah I met who is Tiff is me and I'm across the fine interwebs I don't use a lot of the fine interwebs, just so you know, but I have my notifications on, folks. So if you reach out, I more than likely will get it. More than likely. (laughs) More than likely. (laughs) Awesome. And this is Erin, and you can follow Fergie. And Fergie actually liked the first couple episodes I watched in the living room with her, and she actually really liked Couples couples with Ruppel. I don't understand that because it doesn't fit with her, you know, <laughs> thing, but she was into it. I don't know. Maybe there's something she wants to try out. I don't, I'm sorry. That was really wrong. Whoa, with other Fergie. dogs, with other dogs. Whoa, Fergie. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. But you can follow her for very PG rated content at Schroeder and Fergs. That's S C H R O E. D-E-R-A-N-D-F-E-R-G-S. It's long, but it's worth it. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram, threads, and TikTok at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on this show, feel free to reach out to us via our website. It's a phantomthingpod.com. Click the contact us button there. That'll shoot me an email and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And while you're there, consider becoming a Patreon supporter today for as little as three bucks a month. You get bonus content, you get ad free episodes, and much more. And on Friday's episode, Carla and Tiff will be returning to discuss internalized misogyny in media and fandom. It's going to be heavily focused. I think probably on fandom more than media, but it all bleeds together in my opinion. So, yes. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate.